always stay connected with 99.9% reliable Sky Broadband. Search Sky Broadband to get started. Two weeks ago, a jury in Virginia delivered the verdict that everyone had been waiting for. Question. The statement has a defamatory implication about Mr. Depp. Answer. Yes. Johnny Depp had won his multi-million dollar defamation case against his ex-wife, Amber Heard. I do find that the jury's verdict is unanimous. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes your service in this case. I want to thank you again for your dedication and your heart. In their verdict, the jury of seven people found that both parties were liable for defamation. Depp was awarded more than $10 million in damages and Heard was awarded $2 million for her countersuit. The central question, which I think has kind of been forgotten um, in, in, over the six weeks of it, is whether Amber Heard defamed Johnny Depp, who's her ex-husband, when she wrote an op-ed in the Washington Post in 2018, which did not name him, but implied she was a victim of domestic abuse. Jennifer O'Connell is a features writer with the Irish Times. And there were 11 words on which this whole thing kind of hinged. She said, two years ago, I became a public figure representing domestic abuse. And it was over those 11 words that Johnny Depp sued her and she countersued him. The Depp Heard trial has flooded American and international TV news debates and morning news bulletins for more than two months. And simultaneously, a highly curated version of that same trial was playing out across social media. You can't avoid the one sort of unavoidable, central, uncomfortable truth out of all of this, which is that whatever you think about Depp versus Heard, um, and nobody really knows exactly what happened between them, um, the truth is that it is only Heard who's being stripped to the bones by this rabid online mob that we're seeing. And I think the message that that sends to victims of abuse is profoundly damaging. I'm Sarah Pollock, and this is In the News from the Irish Times. Today... The vilification of Amber Heard and what it means for the future of Me Too. Jen, firstly, what do you think was the impact of live streaming the Depp versus Heard defamation trial? I think actually that issue, that question of defamation kind of got lost. And this became a much bigger drama that played out in front of the the public, the global public and and the the public in the United States. And it seemed to sort of mirror some of the thorniest issues that are currently dividing American society. So it it, it became a sort of a story of, of domestic violence. It became a debate about addiction, about toxic relationships, about fake news, about disinformation misogyny, um, the myth of the perfect victim and and how the public chooses who to believe in this kind of post Me Too world that we're, we're moving around in. So as you say, because it was live streamed on, on TV, it became a form of live entertainment for people and, and people as young as nine or ten were watching it on, on TikTok. You had fans turning up to court. We're for Johnny. I mean, we're just we're just trying to get in the mix and, you know, be a part of this. And supporting Johnny Depp. We love you, Johnny. (laughs) I have made eye contact with Johnny Depp. Supporting Johnny. I've been here since day one. And today marks his journey. So it reminded me, I think, of nothing so much as the O.J. Simpson trial um, back in, in 1994, when for kind of nine months, and particularly in the final weeks of that trial, the whole world was absolutely gripped watching it. Um, and it sort of divided reactions along the same kind of culture war lines that we're seeing mirrored now so many years later. So I think if you sort of swapped out live courtroom TV for TikTok, I think there are parallels to the the OJ Simpson trial at, um, and what we saw during the last six weeks. 
from the very start, the public was divided into two camps. However, there there seemed to be far more support for Depp, the quote, good man who snapped, rather than heard the scheming woman who drove him to abuse her. And many of Depp's supporters were women. How did that pro-Depp, anti-herd narrative unfold so quickly, do you think? I think it's a really interesting question and it's possibly one that will occupy analysts of the media and um, and could could make for some interesting academic studies in, in the future. I think from the very beginning, um, the verdict on social media in, in the court of public opinion and, and actually in large sections of the international media as well was was absolutely unanimous. Um, Johnny Depp was telling the truth and Amber Heard was a liar. And so much so that when I first wrote about this case, I wrote an opinion piece that was published on the 5th of May. I sort of took a, you know, a different approach and I was quite disturbed by what I was seeing around the public reaction to Amber Heard. And after I'd written the piece, I thought I'd better like have a look online and see if I'm kind of a lone voice in the wilderness, if anybody else out there agrees with me. And I really couldn't find anything at that time in, in the media, online um, and everywhere. Everybody was in agreement that Johnny Depp was the wrong party here. And anything that kind of went against that narrative, any of the facts that emerged during the trial that sort of suggested otherwise that maybe it wasn't just Amber Heard who was who was manipulative, but Johnny Depp was as well, was kind of brushed aside and it, it was overlooked. You know, it emerged that in 2016, while their marriage was was falling apart, Johnny Depp texted a friend of his, a guy called Christian Carino, and he was vowing revenge against Heard. And he said she is begging for global humiliation. She is going to get it. But yet there was very little attention and very little focus on on anything that damaged Depp, while there was massive focus on any mistakes that Amber Heard had made or any any misjudgments or anything that presented her in a negative light. And not only like did that narrative not change during the six weeks of the trial, it hardened and, and it intensified and turned into what we've seen over the last couple of weeks, which is this mass outpouring of, of vitriol. What about the myth of the perfect victim that still clearly exists? Her didn't fit into that mould, did she? Like the truth is that neither Johnny Depp nor Amber Heard emerged from this with their reputations unscathed. She's not a universally sympathetic character and she has admitted to hitting him. There's recorded audio which reveals her mocking and denigrating him. The court heard evidence from from her sister and former personal manager that family members had concerns about her behaviour prior to their union. A marriage counsellor spoke about how there was mutual abuse in the relationship. They engaged in what I saw as mutual abuse. Sometimes I'm not, I know she led on more than one occasion and started it to keep him with her because abandonment and having him leave was her worst nightmare. And I think he may have initiated it on occasions too on that I'm less sure. And then I think one of the things that worked against her as well is was the timing of that Washington Post piece around which this all hinged, which was timed to coincide with the release of a film that she had starred in. So all of those things, you know, worked against her, as did the fact that she she didn't actually yet pay the full amount that she had pledged to the Los Angeles Children's Hospital after she won a defamation battle against him previously in the UK. So there are certainly things about her about which it's fair, I think, to to be critical. But when you weigh that against what we heard about Johnny Depp and what emerged about Johnny Depp in, in court, you know, she alleges that he sexually assaulted her with a glass bottle. I convinced myself it wasn't broken and that that I that the bottle wasn't broken or else it would be a lot worse. And the discomfort I was feeling afterwards just paled in comparison to how 
scared. Shocked I was. I'm scared. I just married this man. In text messages to friends, he said things like, um, and I don't know if it's okay to swear on the podcast, but he said things like, I will fuck her burnt corpse afterwards to make sure she's dead. And another text, he, he disparaged her body using describing her as mushy, pointless, dangling, overused, floppy fish market. So neither of them came out of it well, but I think it was it was kind of astonishing how her testimony was just widely disbelieved and that people decided that she was that she was crying crocodile tears. There were psychologists kind of dragged out on, on morning TV and in the mainstream media to analyze the way that she cried. The other thing that I'm noticing, where's the tears? So I see her crying and, and, and getting herself all histrionic. But where is the, the, the tears? The tears are not flowing. She has these very rapid- There were allegations that she faked her injuries using makeup, that she forced witnesses to lie. And and I think if you look at the evidence that emerged during the case, you you know, none of those kind of conspiracy theories that gained a foothold on social media were supported really by anything that came out. A highly curated version of this trial was simultaneously playing out on social media, specifically through TikTok. The influence social media had on people's perception of what was happening during this trial was huge. So there were millions who relied on TikTok memes, mostly have heard, and people used these to reach a conclusion regarding who was telling the truth and who was lying. Jen, have you seen any of these memes or hashtags and what did you think of them? I've, you know, withdrawn a lot from social media and I tend to to lurk on most platforms now rather than actually engage anymore. Uh, And that's a direct result, I think, of the kind of some of the misogynist, toxic online harassment that has really, I think, strengthened, ironically, since since the Me Too movement. I do have an account on TikTok to my children's embarrassment. And I had a look to see uh, just this morning, actually, because when, you know, the, the the figures for the hashtag justice for Johnny Depp and, and justice for Amber Heard were up in the kind of millions and billions a couple of weeks ago when I wrote about it or, or five five or six weeks ago when I wrote about it. But when I looked this morning, hashtag justice for Amber Heard has 86.3 million views and justice for Johnny Depp has 20.2 billion views. And actually a lot of the content on justice for Amber Heard is actually anti Amber Heard content as well. So I find it, you know, both kind of really interesting from an academic and sort of sociological and cultural point of view and also really horrifying both as as a parent and a citizen of society the idea that there's an entire generation of young people out there now who are capable of being won over to one side or 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 the other in these culture wars on TikTok um and i find that really scary just by its very nature TikTok is a place where like i said it was a home for entertaining dog memes and kind of makeup hacks and it's not somewhere that you would have thought of that young people go for the latest um, nuanced take or analysis on, on news events. But you can be sure that a lot of people, a lot of bad actors are sitting up and taking notice of, of what this means for all kinds of hot button political and cultural issues. And on young people, actually, we have a 12 year old in my family who came home from school numerous times during the trial convinced that Heard is a liar because of the various memes that she had seen on social media, on TikTok, and that she was chatting about with school friends. And she would say that her classmates knew Heard was lying about the abuse. This is a little girl. All this comes from short TikTok clips. I mean, how damaging have those memes been in twisting how people, and in this case, children, perceive what is true and what is false? 
It is really alarming how effectively social media has turned an entire generation of young teenagers against a woman they had probably never heard of um, in favour of a man who's probably on average about 40 years older than them that they have only the dimmest knowledge of. And, and that this is happening, you know, at a time when there are powerful forces in American society who want to roll back women's rights. I think it's it's really alarming. And it's telling that Johnny Depp himself has joined TikTok now in the aftermath of his victory and, and immediately racked up millions of followers. It's something that I think we should be really mindful of, because obviously this verdict and more than the verdict, I think the public opinion that was expressed during the course of the of the trial sends a very damaging message out to victims of abuse. And, and some of those victims um, are teenagers who are watching it unfold on, on TikTok. And you'd really have to be very concerned, I think, about the message that they, they may be internalizing as a result of it. Never suffer the buffer again. Always stay connected with 99.9% reliable Sky Broadband. Whether you're streaming on the sofa, gaming in the bedroom, or swiping in the bathroom. I said swiping. You'll never be without it. Switch your home to 99.9% reliable Sky Broadband. Availability subject to location requires Sky Broadband Ultrafast. For more info, see sky.ie forward slash speeds. 99.9% reliability based on time our broadband network works across our base. Jen, I want to talk now about the impact of all this on the Me Too movement. It's been argued that the vitriol directed at Heard was actually an attack against all the women who spoke out during the height of the Me Too movement and who alleged abuse. Is that a fair assessment or do you think that's taking it too far? I mean, I find that such a depressing assessment, but I think there's 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 certainly a degree of truth in it. You know, if you think back to the the Me Too movement and the sort of the absolute strength of it, it was inevitable that there would be some retrenchment or some backlash as a result of it. It came as it was a much needed rebalancing of of attitudes to sexual abuse and to sexual harassment. But I do think that a lot of people, feminists included, and, and I would be one of them, were uncomfortable with some of the messages of the Believe Women movement that rose up in, in parallel or just after it, which essentially said that the word of all women at all times is to be believed over that of, of any man, regardless of the circumstances. And I think that was a well-intentioned effort to support victims and to give space to victims to tell their story without you know them being shouted down. But I think it's, it's it's ludicrous to suggest that women are incapable of, of lying or manipulation. And I think as we're now seeing, it was really the Believe Women movement, I think, that did most damage. And I think it, it has done women few favours, as, as we're seeing. Um, but I don't think that this trial was a rejection just of that. I think it, it's a rejection of a more fundamental idea that was at the core of the Me Too movement, which is that victims are not to blame for the abuse they suffered. Whatever you believe about what you heard about Johnny Depp or about Amber Heard as as individuals, there is evidence of, of violence in the relationship. He did express disgustingly misogynist attitudes about her. And yet it is only Heard who's being vilified and, and torn apart by the online mob. And it is Amber Heard who's being punished for coming forward and, and telling her story. And I think in some ways she's been made into almost an effigy, you know, for those who are scared or fearful of what Me Too means for, for their place in society. It's been reported that very few of the Hollywood figures who spoke up during the height of the Me Too movement have shown any solidarity with Hurt. 
do you have any idea what why that might be I mean, I, I have given this some thought and, you know, I've, I've read some of the articles and there, there are a few of them out there um, even now sort of circulating and, and going and publish, publicizing the names of the well-known Hollywood people who've liked Johnny Depp's statement on social media or who've spoken out in support of Johnny Depp. And, and it's surprising, but I think, you know, and I wouldn't want to engage in a witch hunt of people, I think. One of the things that I'm always arguing for is that we have to allow room for debate and we have to allow room for nuance and we have to allow people that we respect to have different attitudes and and different opinions to us. But I think um, it's probably evidence of the internalized misogyny that is so rife in Hollywood that we know about that allowed people like Harvey Weinstein to operate unchallenged and, and supported and protected for such a long time. I think what it suggests to me is that maybe the the change that came about in the aftermath of of Harvey Weinstein and, and the Me Too movement has only really been skin deep. And, and that's a that's a real worry. Jen, it's clear that the Depp Heard trial has awoken this strong anti-Me Too sentiment, but it feels like that had already started to emerge in the months and years leading up to this, particularly on social media and among a lot of women who have a public profile on social media. You know, it's clear that this trial, the public response to the trial wasn't really about Amber Heard as an individual. It was more about a backlash against the Me Too movement. And it was about where women's rights are at in in the United States. And it was also about the culture wars that are dividing people on almost every single issue. And it all kind of culminated in this very public, very ugly eruption of what has been a kind of a simmering misogyny. And I think, you know, as you alluded to there, any woman with even a modicum of of public profile or presence online can tell you that conversely, during the years since Me Too, there has been an upswing in online harassment and abuse. And as a result of that, many women, myself included, have effectively left social media. So, you know, our voices are just not on there in any kind of meaningful way anymore. And that's as a a direct result of the kind of harassment and abuse that we were experiencing. So on the one hand, while you can say that the Me Too movement was a powerful force for good in that it gave women the message that their stories matter and that they will be believed, we've not really yet had a conversation about what the backlash to the Me Too movement means for women. And I think we're seeing over the last two weeks in what is happening to Amber Heard, we're seeing kind of in microcosm what's happening to women in wider society. A New York Times editorial has characterised this trial as the death of me too and proof of how easily a victim can still be blamed and isolated. And in a statement after the trial, Amber Heard herself said the result, quote, sets back the clock to a time when a woman who spoke up and spoke out could be publicly shamed and humiliated, end quote. Jen, what do you think? Could this be the end of me too? I don't think it's it's the end of me too um to be honest with you. I think the outpouring of women's stories that we we've seen in the aftermath is too powerful a movement just to be switched off. I think women have learned that our experiences count, that our stories matter, that we are not to blame if we are victims of of assault. And I think that's been the huge achievement of the Me Too movement, that women now accept that things that happened in our past that we might have been inclined to blame ourselves for. We are now looking at that through through a different lens and we're reframing those experiences and we are accepting that, no, that was not my fault and I didn't do anything wrong. And it doesn't matter what time of the day or night it was. It doesn't matter what I was wearing. Those are really powerful lessons that won't be unlearned. So I, I, I do think it's going too far to say it's the end of Me Too. 
As we've mentioned already, Jen, in 2020, Johnny Depp lost a UK libel lawsuit against the Sun newspaper, but he did win this lawsuit against his ex-wife in a US courtroom. The jury ruled primarily in his favour. So is it wrong to feel such animosity towards this ruling? I mean, I think you have to accept the jury's verdict. You also have to accept the judge's verdict in the UK. And and clearly there's ambiguity there. And clearly there was a lot of ambiguity in this verdict. The jury agreed fundamentally with both him and with her, which is pretty confusing and suggests that maybe they weren't entirely clear themselves. Like, as I said earlier, as one legal expert put it, how can it be that she was defamed when Johnny Depp said that the allegations were a hoax, yet he was also defamed when she said that she was a representative of domestic violence. So though both of those statements seem to be contradictory and, and can't possibly both be true. And yet the jury found that they were both true. And I think what we have to probably acknowledge is that while jurors are supposed to evaluate only the evidence presented in court, the sheer volume of anti-Amber Heard and, and pro-Johnny Depp content online would suggest that it would be almost impossible to imagine that they weren't in some way swayed by that. And last week after the verdict was delivered, Amber Heard's lawyer, Elaine Bredehoff, said that this is, quote, a major setback for women, women inside the courtroom and outside the courtroom. You know, Amber had an enormous amount of evidence, although a lot of it was suppressed in this case as opposed to the UK. But look at all the women who have no evidence. Mm-hmm. All these women who suffer from domestic violence, domestic abuse, they don't have evidence. And basically what this jury said... What do you think, Jen? Do you think a big public case like this will have a chilling impact on domestic abuse? victims. I think it's very likely that it will have a chilling impact on on people watching. I mean, what victim of abuse looking at it, opening their their TikTok or going on Twitter or opening a media, any any media outlet um, over the last week would say, yes, you know what, this is this is this is saying something to me. I'm going to come forward. I'll be treated fairly. I'll be believed. I'll be taken seriously and I'll be given fair treatment in court. Jennifer O'Connell, thanks as always for your time today. Thanks, Erica. That's everything for today. This episode was produced by Jennifer Ryan and Suzanne Brennan. In the News will be back on Friday.